Hey guys, welcome to another East Coast Rams podcast. I am your co-host Ashton here with my awesome co-host Zach. Uh, Zach right over there. How you doing Zach uh, on a not a victory Monday or Tuesday, a regular Tuesday after a rough defeat? Uh, just give me one second though. I'm uh, finishing up ordering my puka shells from Amazon right now. Um, cause at least he showed up to play, uh, yesterday. Um, the rookie doing, doing his magic, continuing his magic rookie year. Um, but yeah, we're going to, we'll, we'll break down everything. Um, all of our thoughts, uh, conspiracy theories, things like that. Um, how are you doing, man, my friend? <sighs> doing good. Uh, took, took some tough L's. The Rams lost my fantasy team lost, uh, a lot, of, a lot of L's going around in the football space for me. So hopefully hey. uh, both both can bounce back. So I, I did win both of my fantasy leagues, and one of them was in big thanks to one Mr. Puka Nakua and the other one, Mr. Daryl Henderson, who will also get to talk about pretty in-depth uh, for this game because those two did – I mean, obviously Puka was the biggest, but Henderson played very well for, mm-hmm. you know, not playing for almost a year now. And Freeman. Well, Freeman too, yes. But, I mean, Freeman's been on a on a team regularly. I mean, literally, Daryl Henderson it was just picked up off the street and, you know, was a starter. So uh, we'll get into that. But before we go into any of that, please make sure you guys – a like and subscribe to this podcast it's the one free thing you can do to help support us you can go to youtube.com slash at east coast rams subscribe there um and then also follow us on x that's our probably our most used social platform we're all we're also on the other ones as well but uh make sure you hit us up on x at east coast rams with that let's go into some of the breaking news really there's only one main breaking news that we have for the day um and that is in response to some of the bad performance that happened on uh, Sunday and probably the reason why we did end up losing the game. Um, and that is that we, uh, the Rams parted ways with their kicker Maher um, after he missed two of three field goals and an extra point, uh, both crucial seven points losses. And it, and it wasn't, I mean, yeah, we'll get into it, but Big blow, big blow. I mean, I guess not big blow, but I mean, for a team that has this bad kicking problem where we keep going into this kicking carousel, um, it's not great going into week eight, not really having a defined kicker. We did pick up someone on the practice squad, which we'll get in a second, but what are your initial reactions um, to Brett Maher being canned, kicked out of the uh, Los Angeles Rams? I... I kind of think he's being thrown under bus. I understand he didn't have a good game, and he's gonna. He's one of those kickers that has up and down games. Uh, you've seen that in the last three years, but he has a league. Uh, he is accurate to a certain point, uh, especially under fifty yards, and all the kicks he missed were fifty yarders or plus. Like who else better for the price? tag we were paying him is better than that and not a lot of kickers uh the guy we just signed in college had a 60 percent accuracy rate or like 63 so like 
I mean, good luck with that. Uh, as long, maybe he's gone better. Uh, Matt Gay was happy to see him sign. So I mean, who knows? Maybe and I, I, he found he, Diamond. I mean, he had a high trajectory when he. I mean, prior to the postseason last season, he was doing really well. He played amazing until he had the five missed extra points. After that, he he hasn't been the same. You know, he he did well for us last week and made all the field goals that he was asked to do, but they were in moderately easy range. You know, they were in that 30 to 30, the 39 range, a lot of them were, um, where he's been pretty perfect. I mean, under 40, he's been he's been perfect. Um, but it's when we get into that 40, and then obviously this didn't really help, but in this in the 50 range. That's where we saw problems and not to say every kicker needs to be a 50 yard kicker, but he was missing forties too. Um, So I don't know. It's one of those things where I think the Rams may, I mean, I don't think they really listen to the fans. They kind of listen to their own internal thoughts, but this is something that I think majority of the Ram fan base wanted and they got, and I know there were, you know, you were one of the, you're the one of the vocal ones against it. Uh, Jake Ellabogan was one kind of a vocal against this. Um, but I, you know, I do think that they caught co- it costed them the game. Now, whether you say that they should have been in better field position to give him a better shot at kicking a field goal. Sure. But when, when the game was that close, you need to be able to have a kicker that you can rely on. And I don't think you can rely on this kicker. A lot of his kicks that he did make were also, not not straight. They were they were close to to missing. Almost a lot of them were. But yes, he was seventy three percent. But I want to know how often that he was kind of, you know, center on the on the the goalpost. Who are you gonna get? That's better. It, it the whole point of moving on from the kicker should be old. to progress. Hey, yeah, but we don't have the money to pay him. He wants to get sure. paid. He doesn't want to give that minimum. So, like, who are you going to get that's better that same price? And that's my problem with this move. And that's why I view it as a scapegoat. Uh, I really do sure. think. And the fan base wants to blame the loss on the kicker when that's not the reason we lost the game. Was it a contributing no, he- factor? Yes. Did it make situations worse? Yes. I, I'm, I would like to have a better kicker. Uh, very clearly, but I think he's the best we can get right now for that price. And I just think moving on from him and be careful for what you wish for. Cause I really yeah. do think if this kicker hasn't improved since college, he's going to be a lot worse and people uh, we're going to lose more games. Uh, not just because of 50 yard field goals. So, so I'm kind we'll of see. curious, like, you know, again, I, one of the things that I kind of wanted to point out is Ethan Evans. I mean, he's been a monster as the punter and he's also been doing our kickoffs, which he's also been excellent at that. Can he not kick? Like, I almost thought that they should have tried um, just to see if he would even have that option to do it. Um, That's I know too not much every- on his leg, though. That's a lot. It is. I know. Person. But I, I, I kind of thought, you know, if you're going for a 50, whatever, what was that last one that he missed? A 54, 51. Um, I almost would have thought, hey, just try him out. I mean, after the, the missed field goal and then the mixed extra point, that's when I think it was that extra point that kind of just, I don't know. I think it did it in, did it in for him. Um, 
I think the first missed field goal, it was post 50, 53, if I remember right. Um, and, you know, that one, it's it's really long. A lot of kickers in the league aren't going to kick a 53 successfully every single time. Uh, so that was fine. Um, he redeemed himself the next time around, got the field goal, and then the extra point, uh, missed that one. So then the Rams had to go out and do a two-point conversion which they were successful and then he missed that last one i think just yes the rams put him in a bad spot but i think that also just you lose momentum when you're 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 trying to trying to win a game and if you can't if your kicker can't score the three points the one job he he's responsible for it's not like he does other positions too this is his one job is to kick field goals and to kick them accurately and when you miss two field goals and an extra point you're especially in one game, you're going to be liable to be on the chopping block. I I don't think any of the kickers that we could replace them with would have made those kicks. I just don't think they wanted to keep giving them more and more chances. I don't know. I, I honestly thought that they were going to keep them like post the post conference McVeigh. I thought, okay, they're going to look, but they'll probably keep them. Then you listen to the coach Sean McVeigh show and it also the just the tone he set kind of made it seem like they were going to kick him, and then the next day they cut him and they moved on to Lucas Harvisick, Haver um, who was undrafted in 2022 by the Colts, um, and then they actually picked him off off the Browns practice squad. Um, that means he doesn't he's have to the 53. Correct. So um, there isn't a whole lot um, on him as far as pro. He's not actually played a nope. regular season game. Um, I think he's he, two of three in the preseason. I thought he was two of two. I don't think he's missed. I will double check that real quick. Um, but like you mentioned, when he was in college, he was 63%, 64% at best. Um, so not not great. Not great at all. Uh, he does have a career long at 57 yards, so you know there's there's that. Um, and if you take of what it's worth, he also has been he's been documented to kick a 66 uh, yarder. Um, obviously, that was unofficial in you know kind of his own setup, um, but but that is something to put out there. What are your? I know you you don't like the move. You rather we keep them, um, but they they made the move, so now we're kind of have to live with it as fans, and you know, obviously as. I mean, his stats are sim similar to Sam Sloman, so uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm. I think the time for testing stuff out was the preseason and having a. I thought it was weird we didn't have longer kicker competition. A, this team has been atrocious with kickers. I think, frankly, we got lucky with Matt Gay. Uh, besides that, it just this team hasn't handled since Zerline left kickers very well. And I think this is continuing to be uh, wanting to just throw a kicker out because he misses 50-yard-plus field goals. I think is kind of – I think it's ludicrous. Uh I very few kickers can make those kicks in the NFL. I think people have to accept that. And this year, like we we understood that we're running with a guy 
um, that had a rocky season before that. And, you know, I think putting him in that situation when he's in such a fragile state anyways, I think you're asking him to miss. Uh, frankly, his he, you have to build his confidence back up. And just cutting him the way they did, I I just don't, I don't think know. it's good personnel management. It, 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 and I don't I don't know if it is either. Um, I just you know if you just combined what his postseason was to what he's done this season, it just it hasn't been great. Now, granted, the Rams are um, are the highest. Uh, they're the team that has attempted the most field goals so far through Week Seven. Um, so that's kind of you know slightly unfair to him as well. Um, but at the same time, you know. He's got. He had his chance. He missed it. It's the life of the NFL. When you don't produce the way that you think the team that the team thinks that you should produce, they're going to cut, and that's what the Rams do. This is. It doesn't matter what player you are. They're going to do it, and they're going to try to move on. Um, they've done it. They may continue to do it. This might not be the last uh, kicker that we see going through the Rams' um, house. Um, so we'll see. Uh, his record for preseason is two of two for field goals and three of four of extra points. Just okay. So the extra point. I mean, hopefully it's a good move. Uh, people thought Matt Gay was uh, bad whenever he came to Rams. Turned out to be really good. Uh, so hopefully, I I just think again uh, when you look at the situation, I think people are being overly harsh on uh, Maher and. It's going to be something that hopefully uh, he works on and he gets another chance with team, but I don't think he will, even though I think he's a solid kicker. He's not great. And no one else, the Rams for that price could have signed, I'll just say this one more time, would have made those kicks. No one else. So, you know, people can be pissed at him, uh, but I think there's other reasons we lost the game. Uh, Like, you know, reason we were kicking 50 yard field goals instead of 40 or 30 or 20. Yeah. So let's break that. Let's go down and break down this game a little bit, because again, this was a weird game. This was a game that the Rams should have won. They mostly bit themselves in the the foot. It it wasn't just people are going to blame the play calling. It wasn't just the play calling. You're going to blame Cooper cups drops. It wasn't Cooper cups drops. It was it the uh, Matthew Stafford. It wasn't just Matthew Stafford. Was it the defense? No, it wasn't the defense. Like, it's really if you go back and like watch this game, there's a lot of things that contribute. They kind of shoot themselves in the foot a lot, but there's still something off about this team, which I want to talk about kind of towards the end. But we go into this game. Um, let's see. Hold on, I'm I'm bringing it up. But the the stats are just kind of are kind of crazy. Like if you look at this, we should have won this game. Like there's every momentum that we had to do so, and we just kind of. We just kind of failed. Um, what are your initial thoughts to the game? Yeah, so the Rams this year have in, been enabled outside of week one, been enabled to have two good halves of football in the same game. They've had one bad half and one good half in every game since. This game is a different animal because in my opinion they were having good drive bad drive back to back uh like one after other so it was kind of different complexity 
And this thing shows so many good moments of brilliance and, you know, great playmaking and good execution. And then on like the very next play, it will be the exact opposite. And that is, and we've talked about it, Zach, uh, this team has no follow through. Uh, it has problems with execution, constant execution. And I feel like it's different groups having bad execution at different time. And this team can't get on the same page. And it's like, it's driving me nuts. I know it's driving a lot of the fan base nuts. Uh, but this game was a tale of a team that was shooting itself in the foot. And then at the very end, the ref shot the other foot. But like, it, we can't just keep on playing like this and expecting to win football games. Like you said, every metric was almost in favor of the Rams. Like we had time of possession. Uh, we had yards, like all that. And, you know, you lose the I game. I mean, you know, it, it kind of goes into what I, you know, the last last week I was talking about the running game and I was like, the team who who meets parity has won the, the previous six games. This was not the case. The Rams were the closest to parity as far as running and passing. But it's the, because of some of the stuff that you were mentioning last week where – um, you know, it's, it's some, it's the penalties. It's some of the execution that, that happens that can mess that up. Um, so you were spot on with that. And so this was the game again, again, we should have won in all metrics. We should have won. It was the, some of the shooting ourselves in the foot, especially in the third quarter where it really just kind of bogged down. Cause every single time that we, every missed field goal that we had led to points for the Steelers. And then obviously Stafford's interception coming off the second half caused them to get their, to get their touchdown. So it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, it's, this team is so frustrating because they are so much more than we could have even anticipated them being prior to this season. And yet they're performing in a way that's just barely above that initial performance. Does that make sense? Like this team is talented. I I don't like everybody's first take that we don't have a talented team. This team oh, no. has talent at every. This at, is at every a playoff position. team. This is a. I actually think this team could uh, compete for a division, like the NFC West. Yes. I don't think the NFC West is the best division this year, uh, but I definitely think they could beat the 49ers out for it. We just got to stop losing games that we should win not just statistically but just like by the eyeball like by the like comparison like how the two teams perform especially with the Bengals and Steelers and arguably the 49ers like that's three games I think three out of our four were games that we we should have just won that this team in critical moments doesn't stick to execution I think some so, of that has to do with youth right? Like we have young players, they uh, either the moment's too big for them or they're just don't have their technique down a hundred point, like hundred percent, um, you know? And I think the team does have holes that other teams are taking advantage of, especially after half. Yeah. And you know, I want to, I, a lot of people thought the offense was going to carry this team and it's not. The defense is not the problem with this team. 
I don't care who's no. I mean the the defense is playing the way that they know how to play Raheem Morris is is bringing a young group and making them competitive. I mean, we are matching with the 49ers. We are matching toe for toe with the Eagles. It's our offense who's not being able to keep up. And that's the frustrating part about this. Um, yeah. Because I don't even want to focus my frustrations on the defense. The defense, I thought, played a good game. Sure, they got tired a little bit. But again, when your offense can't stay on the field, what do you expect? Uh, super proud of Hoyt. Uh, showed up today or showed up on Sunday and got two sacks. Uh, best game that he's had all season. Um, so that's that's excellent for him. Um, he also uh, got two tackles for loss. Again, just he just had a great a great game. And I know Aaron Donald didn't. We I heard his name a lot and I saw him chasing a lot, but he didn't make the big explosive plays like he's used to. But again, when he's double or triple teamed, those things are going to happen. He's uh, so other players Let, on that defensive line need to also step up a little bit. Let's not forget Zach. Like you mentioned earlier with the three missed field goals, you have to understand people need to understand this defense had a shorter field to defend, not a longer one. Like they weren't starting at the 2025. I think they had one drive starting from within the 15. You know, whenever yeah. Whenever. I, I mean, we, we don't know. So you have to take that in context. Like if it, the Steelers offense is not great. And I feel like the 25 yards does matter with giving this defense room to try different stuff out and be able yeah. to not give up a field goal or a touchdown because of it. I, I don't disagree with you at all. I, my only counter to that, definitely the touchdown or the, the interception that was bad defense. There really wasn't a whole lot. The defense could really do. That was the shortest field. Um, and I and I'll and I'll talk about this when we really get to dive into what is the problem with this offense. But whether or not they try to kick the field goal, the Rams haven't been successful in on the offense. And so I don't even know if they would even have tried. The best they probably would have gotten is a, or I guess in the defense they may have gotten an extra few yards if they turn over on downs. It would have been five four or five yards that they probably would have got if it was turnover no they could have punted instead of that, doing the field goals you punt, i guess they come down on the 10 yard line that offense wasn't doing anything outside of one drive they had like they had one great drive and one average drive and i feel like sure. the rest of the game we were locking them down stopping everything and and i the defense had to start playing a little bit more aggressive in the fourth quarter because it was going to become a two-score game if they didn't. And that's why well, they were giving up some of the big yardage to the wide receivers in the fourth quarter is because they, they had to go for picks. They had to go for turnovers. Uh, so like, it was a, I think it was a risk that they were willing to take that even if it was shorter field, they thought that their defense could have held them to – no less than a field goal. Um, obviously, one of them was a field goal and one of them was a touchdown. But um, I think that was the risk that McVeigh was willing to do is we're going to try this field goal because that would give us three points. And, I, you know, when you when you go to the statistics, I think anybody in his in his situation probably would have tried for that field goal. After Maher missed extra point, 
I think having your kicker, I just disagree with having your kicker do a 50-yard plus after he misses extra point. I think the confidence isn't there. Fair point. So that's three points that, you know, so for that one drive, you know, and that's the one that scored the touchdown. But um, I think giving your defense an extra 20 to 30 yards makes a lot of difference. Sure. Sure. I, I don't think so. I mean, it's it's also difficult to punt that close. I mean, they would have had to get, you know, a couple delays to get into a better punting spot. Um for him. I think I mean, that's were... actually better for our kicker. Like he has no problem being accurate. His hang time is the issue, and being that close, I, I think that might actually work to how he is punting right now, uh, personally. But because he's super quick. Okay, so not let's go super, to the. But... Yeah, so the so the Steelers' offense did not play super well. Um, yeah. You know, they, they. I mean, they wanted they. It was enough to win the game bad officiating at the end um let's talk about that real quick before i dive into what's the problem with the rams let's let's talk about the officiating the officiating was not great um the steelers were i felt like were penalized all the time but we just kept declining it because it was in our better favor not to uh, accept any of their penalties um but then we get to the very end um let's i want let's talk before we get to the four and one you know the Steelers tush push or whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the play that shouldn't have even made that even happen right before oh that with God. the, the phantom PI call that got called on Witherspoon when that was a clean, clean defensive spot. And then the Rams kind of get lucky that there was a taunting call to offset it. And so they just, you're, you're not getting lucky when you got a bad call against you. And well, it's, it's lucky to the fact that luck. it was, it, it's not luck, but at the same times it is luck to, because if he would have got that fancy PI, there's nothing you could do about it. It was going to be an automatic first down and the game was going to be sealed at that point. At least the Rams got lucky into the fact that there was also another penalty. There was a penalty on them for taunting in that offset. Um, which is weird but, because you would almost think that the off the the taunting came after the play, and so I don't know. I don't know. I've been reading a lot of NFL officiating rules because this makes zero. Some of these rules make zero sense to me. Um, but but yeah, that that was just ridiculous. And the fact that in NFL you can't challenge those, and I get he, McVay didn't have uh, anything. Uh, which also, let's just be frank, Zach. It was weird that McVay called timeouts in the three-minute mark. I almost never liked taking timeouts until after the two-minute. Now, I I understand uh, typically like you need timeout like because we run the uh, clock out a lot sometimes whenever we're at the line. Yeah. But you don't want to use it before the two-minute warning be in case if you have to challenge for situations like this. Now, he couldn't challenge the taunting call, which that should be NFL rule. You should be allowed to challenge a uh, pass interference ruling and have like at least official New York either disagree or agree with it. And that was very no, clearly don't, not Don't go yet. back to 2018. The Saints fans would be on your side for that. 
Oh, I guess that was a no call. So I guess they can't really challenge. No, no. Anyway. I, I actually think uh, NFL coaches should have Billy D challenge anything. Just one challenge anything. Uh, but you only get it once in the entire game. So if you want to challenge, it, it's an XFL rule. And I thought it worked very well. It only overturned two things in the entire season, like two or three. Uh, but they were things that were clear and obvious. And I was like, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but going to the 4-1, that's what really pissed me off. Uh, the fact that it was clearly short and the refs don't even go to look at a replay or anything. They should have initiated a replay. And if they don't have the ability to, that's ridiculous. For a fourth yeah. down in the last three minutes that decides the game, you should be able to replay and make sure you're getting that call right. And that ball was very clearly not marked. It was marked two, three yards ahead of where it was. I had multiple coworkers tell me, yeah, that's a sucky way. to." When you have people who are non-affiliated with the team saying, yeah, that's a crappy way to lose a game, is your team doesn't even get a chance because they actually got the stop, but they spot the ball like three yards ahead of where it actually was. Like, that's that's not good. Uh, we yeah, didn't well, lose some, because of it, but it right. We didn't get well, a chance to win. And you know, there's certain rules out there that that just frustrate me. One of them is the fact that if you did have a challenge flag, you could challenge it up until the point of the next play. So, if someone takes a timeout, you could still ch- if you had another challenge, you could still challenge it before the next snap gets played. But that did that doesn't happen when the two minute warning. So just because they went to the two minutes, they they can't go back and relook at it, even though now they're within the two minute warning rule. Uh, so that's frustrating. Um, frustrating that they changed the rule this year that if it's a turnover on downs, you can challenge or that is an automatic review. So because it didn't go in the Rams favor, if it would have gone in the Rams favor, they could have reviewed it automatically. Well, they would have. They would have right. just automatically reviewed automatically. Because yeah, that's but a new rule of this year. I know, I know. Yeah. But that's that's my point. Like, I almost think any fourth down should be reviewed. I don't see how the line close. judge, from my eyeballs, when I was watching it from the side, and the line judge has a better view than I do on TV, it was very clearly not to the line of scrimmage. Now, I, mean, I, I was, get wanting to bring out the change and make sure, or like, the spot, but I don't get why it wasn't called. And then you did a review. Like, I think it should have been called turnover and down. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it. they, I don't know if they actually, rev- if the person on the field calls it, that that's what they call it. Um, from what I, I was listening to like Pat McAfee today and Aaron Rodgers was on there and they were talking about this briefly and they mentioned it and they were just like, the line judge was blocked. There was no way that that line judge could actually see where Pickett was. Um, and could see where 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 the ball was placed. There's no way that line judge could see it. Based then you on, do a review. You initiate a review. Like, I don't know if they have that capability. I really don't. I've never, I don't know if I've ever seen a ref like they say, oh, well, we need to – they talk amongst themselves, and maybe they have New York in their ear. But again, like – and then I, would, I, I do want to bring up – I found an article. I don't know if you saw that I posted from last postseason – where it was a Minnesota playoff game. They did have a challenge. They threw the challenge, 
But after talking with the officials and getting word from New York, they overturned it without having to use the challenge. And this was within, this was outside of the two-minute warning. This was early in the fourth quarter when they did this. So there is precedent that New York or, you know, whatever, eyes in the sky have been able to overturn calls without having to technically use the challenge flag. Yeah, but they won't. You have to throw a challenge. But what? how does that make sense? You can pick up a challenge flag? Like, you don't actually have to... I don't think count. the picking up... I don't think the picking up is actually a rule. I think they're supposed to take it, and that was the... That was wrong. They should have just counted the challenge. But I don't think they initiate a review without a challenge. Outside of two minutes. I'm just saying, like, that... I mean, that is... I think that NFL officials should have the ability on any critical down, like a four, especially fourth down. Fourth downs should be reviewed. Uh, yeah, it, I think in general, uh, but it maybe maybe there will be. I don't know. Um, it's just especially it's just spot close. Like, well, especially we have the technology, the technology is there and we can click like everyone can clearly see it. The, you know, SoFi's big Oculus board can clearly see that he was short um, and they just they just don't care what they can what they could see with their eyes. They're just they make their decision and they get it. And I get it. A lot of sports are like that where it doesn't matter what you say. If the official if the official calls it the way it is. You can't do anything. A lot of, you know, you go into baseball, you go into softball, they'll kick, they'll throw you out if you disagree with an ump, which is kind of ridiculous. But at the same time, like it's their call. You want them to officiate. You want them to set the rules. They're setting the rules. You need to abide by what they say. And I, I don't disagree with that. But when you can clearly see, you should be able to take the technology I, that we're utilizing into it. I do think uh, officials should be able to get fined if something is egregious. And that's the problem with NFL officials. It's just egregious. Like, and my biggest thing is the inability to call stuff the same in the in context of a game, like not calling past the like pass interference uh, when like people are holding and not holding, or like a uh, kind of like in the Super Bowl where. Uh, Ramsey just gets pulled straight down. You don't call flag for that, but you call for a flag on cup when he's barely getting grace. Like, can we just get consistency in the same game? Um, And I, that's the frustrating part. We didn't lose because of this. We didn't get a chance to win. And um, yeah. So, so I guess my big point, one of the big topics I want to talk about is, what is wrong with this team? Why are we not having four complete quarters? There are some people out there who think that is a play calling problem. And for a lot of the games, I would be on I would be in agreement with it. When we're not running the ball, we're not like we're just pass, pass, pass and never running the ball. We actually did really well as far as the pass run game goes. It was it was even. We actually ran the ball more than we threw the ball. But something is just this game, something was not right. There was the bad. I, I I don't disagree that I don't think coming out of the second half, you go in an empty backfield. I think that was a bad call. But yeah, but that's probably a Stafford decision. 
Right, and that's my point. How many? I, we don't know how many of these decisions are Stafford decisions or McVay decisions. When this was Jared Goff, this was Staff or this was McVay telling Goff what to do, and he executed it. And that's where I think sometimes they got frustrated with the, with one another, where you know McVay or Goff wouldn't couldn't execute what McVay wanted. Now he has Stafford. He actually had someone who he could collaborate with, and. Stafford has more control and I'm concerned that he's making more decisions and is making the inaccurate throws. He's making beautiful throws. Don't get me wrong. He's had amazing, amazing throws. And we saw them again on Sunday, but there are a lot, there've been a lot of mistakes recently and whether he's healthy or not, I, it just seems like this might be a Stafford problem. I I think out of all these games he's he's played great some of them he's played good others uh, there's been a lot of drops I think you have to take that into account I don't I think overall he, he's not an issue in in this game he was good he wasn't great uh, but like for the most part like. He didn't get great situations to work with, and a lot of shooting ourselves in the foot, uh, getting first downs, and then getting them called back because of holding, like stuff like that. Just it kills you. And this team constantly does that. They'll have one or two really great plays, will get moving, and then they will have a negative play. And they they are a team. I feel like if they have one bad thing happen to them on a drive, that drive is just done just done they just can't recover from a momentum swing mid-drive uh yeah i i don't know and i think there's a combination i mean i you know he got pretty banged up at in cincinnati i think that's when things started really to kind of fall off the the rails a little bit i mean he got sacked six times um and brutally hit and you know i think it's taking his toll i mean he's there's some sort of hip back issue that he's dealing with. It's being managed under the radar. Um, you can see it if you, you know, I don't want to make big deals of things, but I do think that it's, it's something that they're managing and we, we see Stafford when he's healthy and he makes beautiful throws, but I think we're also seeing some inconsistencies um, in his throwing um, you know, some of them, and it could be miscues too. That's the hard part is we don't know what's a miscue and what's a, what's just a bad read or, or what, I mean, there's been a couple yeah. that Cooper cup has just like, they've been on opposite pages and that's just unlike either one of them. And who are you going to blame? Are you going to blame Stafford? Or are you going to blame cup? Like it's a toss up, but this offense needs to find themselves. This I, offense the, needs to find themselves. I, I think they will. It just takes time. Like that's, you have to remember cup's been back for three games. Oh, sorry. Uh, he's been back for three games, guys. So, like, you can't just – But this they're... might be the worst of his career. What? Cup's Stafford? career? Like, this – no, Cup's. This, I mean, this was the worst game of Cup's career. I mean, he had seven targets and only had two two receptions of them for, like, 30-something yards. Yeah, you're down to have a down day. Like, I, I feel like people need to understand, like – you 
Cup has performed so great for so long. Like, I wouldn't freak about one game where he just had a down game. Like, it, I think it was bound to happen. Uh, well, we're going to see this. I mean, Puka got the lion's share this week. Last week, Cooper Cup had the lion's share. Like, this is what we want to see. We want, we want a little bit more parity. We want to see a little bit more of them kind of each getting their own um, each week. But like you, like you said, I don't think a one game – is going to be bad for for Cooper Cup. Um, I'm just hoping we're not seeing we're not seeing again another you know maybe fall of Stafford or, or something like that because I feel like that's the one thing that we've you know we didn't have Cup for so many weeks and we were doing well without him for the most part but we couldn't win the games outright. Cup came back. It's kind of the same came kind of the same thing. Yeah, I feel like the offense is still trying to find itself with Cup and Puka. And once they figure out that like good area where both can be equally oh. involved, I I think that's when this offense is going to explode, Zach. And I, so, that's coming. Yeah, I got to pull something up that Jake Ellabogan put, and I thought this was beautiful. And again, I don't know if this is a play call decision by McVeigh or if this is something. Um, about the creativity. Did you see that post where there were like no jet sweeps? We haven't seen anything super creative. It's just been kind of throw down, check down, bubble screens. There's been like a that. few, like, few, but it hasn't been a lot this year. Um, so there's been a lot of screens, and the screens have not worked. The screens have been very bad this year for the most part. Okay. So, um, so he posted no jet sweeps, no eye formation with Benny Sko, no s- slip screens for running backs, no sl- uh, split back formation. No, you can't run do that- much with two guys who haven't played in your offense almost at all. I, like what I, I do don't, people expect? But I think you, this was also uh, this wasn't just this game. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it's we had some of that stuff last that, week. Though. But, I mean, limited usage – so I'm going to finish. Limited usage of 2-2, uh, limited tight end usage in the pass game, um, and then bubble screens are only going to Puka. So I, I just – I feel I, – what I want to take from his point is that it just doesn't seem like we're getting super creative. And I get your point. We got two running backs who are not our lead running backs. Like I said, when last week we have one, two, three, four, and we were playing with five and six <laughs> – you know, that's, I mean, that's really what we were playing for. And, you know, I'm not surprised Zach Evans didn't play. I, I kind of said this last week, this was his role to lose. And I think he lost it going into this practice. And because, and I knew Henderson was going to have a high game only because um, he knows the familiarity of this team and he's good at pass blocking. He's a good runner and he, he's shown that he still has it in him. Freeman did an excellent job too. Don't get me wrong. He 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 played his role very well and I think slightly outperformed Henderson. Um, but it's just there's still no creativity in this offense um, other than some beautiful throws. But that's not really creativity. That's just Stafford doing his job of throwing the ball downfield um, and, the, and the receivers catching the ball. I want to see a little bit more creativity when it comes to scheming and offense and you know getting the defense out of rhythm running the ball is great but let's 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 do a little bit something different i think people talking about using all these different run formations it's like 
guys, we we just elevated a practice guy squad or practice squad guy up to the active roster. Like you mentioned, we got Henderson off the couch, uh, just like that uh, Sunday night entrance off the couch. But that doesn't. But they, does they that can give... only do basic stuff. Like yes, he can have familiarity. He can know some of the words from the offense. But that doesn't mean he's going to be entrenched in this new running scheme that we switched to. So, like, you can only do a certain amount of the playbook running-wise without, like, having execution problems. And I think, for the most part, those two guys, uh, yeah, it was hit or miss. But for the most part, it wasn't their fault. Like, they both did what was asked of them and did a good job Mm -hmm. given the circumstance. Did a great job given the circumstance. Um, yeah. I still kind of wish they picked Gaskins over Freeman, but you know that's a personal preference. Uh, but either way, that comes with the unfamiliarity good. of the playbook. I think that's the problem. Like I think he could be activated, but because it was such a short turnaround and he didn't have the familiarity with this offense, I think that was his downfall. The only I, criticism of him and why he didn't play was because you have Freeman, you have Evans, and you have Henderson it's the odd man out if you don't know the playbook. And I don't think Gaskin knew the playbook, even though he, I think he's a talented and he could potentially be a good weapon. If Kyron and, and Ronnie does, doesn't, um, you know, come don't back come in the back. time period they, they, that they expect him to. Hey, my point is they did good, but you can, you have limited options with the running game with for the, that situation. Game. But you still could do jet sweeps. Like you could yeah, still but do that a little bit with your it still affects the rest of your playbook because if you can only do certain running plays with them, then the defense knows that too. And if defense knows that, then you have no threat of that vertical run in certain situations. Therefore, jet sweeps are very dependent on what the defense is expecting out of the formation and different movements and how they read that. And the defense knows you're limited in certain run situations also. So it's kind of like building on top of each other. So just But the Rams like, had a successful run game though. The Rams had a very successful run game. They still had an over 100-yard run game. Yes, but that the team that jet sh- sweeps will necessarily work cuz the Rams have certain hills. But they didn't try. That's the point. They didn't try. I When you have I, when you're talking about you wanted them to be than that. But but you want them to be complicated when they could try to get a 51, 53-yard field goal, but you want them to do something fancy and you want them to actually try to move the ball, but we won't try to do something different when it comes to let's just try and see if a jet sweep works one time, one time. And if they stop it, you don't have to do it again. Let's get creative. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm asking I mean, for is a little tried, bit more creativity. They tried some screens. Uh yeah, I, screens aren't screens aren't the end end all be all. That gets you a couple yards, maybe if you're lucky. Neither is more. a jet sweep, right? Like I don't think one We've jet sweep successful. changes that game. I mean, I mean, again, this was when Robert Woods were there, but when we had Robert Woods, jet sweeps worked really well. Um, and there are times that they're not going to work, but at they least haven't, doing they something. haven't worked with any of the wide receivers we have now. Well, maybe that's what they need to practice more um, on at practice and. I don't know. I, I also have this thing where like, I really love nine and dime. Like I really love some of the Rams content that they do, but I sometimes thinking they're focusing too much on the production value 
and not as much on the game itself. But I also know those guys work really hard. So I want them to have fun and I love watching the content. Does that make sense? It's a good show. So I don't know. I don't know if any other team does the amount of different shows that the Rams do. I watch them all because I'm I'm crazy. A um, yeah. But like, you know, they have so many shows that I don't know if any other team actually does as much production work as the as the Rams do. Yeah, this team uh, kind of pivoting back to like your question, uh, what is the issue with this team? I think this team has a high ceiling. I, I really do. Uh, but that floor is going to be low as long as they keep on allowing these execution problems and these mental lapses uh, be present. Uh, and there's, there are some gaps in the roster uh, that they haven't adjusted like edge rusher. Don't get me wrong. I like that Hoyt did good. I think he's a solid rotational player. But he also was getting beat on the edge sometimes. And he was trying to cover, I think, uh, Deontay Johnson caught a pass right over him. Like, he's terrible in coverage. Let's just be frank. Uh, Just not good in coverage. So, like, we got to have a real – not real, sorry. He is a really good good edge defender. We have to have – a more complimentary to Byron Young edge defender than someone who's more rotational kind of like role player in uh, Michael Hoyt. Safety, I I think, is an issue for us. I think our safety Really? I thought our safeties are fine. I thought they've been doing their job. I mean, they're not elites, but they're not terrible. they're They're not terrible. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're as bad as like if a year ago. So you're saying, like, let's say Rams want to make a trade trade deadline. You would say Edge is still there. They're out of all the things oh, yeah. that they. Do you say Edge is their highest value point right now? Is that their their biggest need? Because yes. I'm still, I'm on the offense now. I was Edge for so long, but I still see something is wrong, and it it might be the offensive line. It might. Yeah, but what's is, what's wrong with the O line? Oops. I don't know. It's, something isn't working. Something again. I I, I keep, hate being a record, broken record, but something's not working on this offense. So uh, one a, thing, Alar Jackson would did not have a good game. I mean, he was Stafford's going against T.J. Watt. Sure, but T.J. Watt's a top them, three D lineman. Like I know, but still. You're gonna I, have I to just, pay a left tackle if you want someone to block TJ Watt. Well, that's that's all. Well, I'm that's saying. what I. I'm just saying that's the probably the most important person on that offensive lineman for Stafford is to protect I, his blind side. I don't think any bad teams are gonna have a good enough left tackle that they want to trade. That's not my point. My point is I think that's still the. I, my point. So I guess, would you say running back? Do you no. think that's a need? No. So Why? who on the offense? You said an offensive lineman. Yeah, but who are you going to trade for that can get in the offense quick well, enough? Well, I'm thinking hypothetically. Like, if I want somebody on this team to make this team a winning team, I think the something on the offense needs to be fixed. And I can only blame two people. It's either the offensive line not giving Stafford enough time or it's Stafford. 
So also you have to look at the fact that, yes, the running game was good, but it was sporadically good. It would either go nine yards or like one. And there wasn't, it felt like there wasn't a lot of in-between runs and like it would get us in bad situations uh, at certain points in the game. And I'm just interested to see why that was. And I wonder why the tape, or I wonder what the tape would show uh, kind of with that. Now, I was impressed because we got a lot of push against a really good Steelers defensive front. Like, that's a top five D line in the NFL. And there are wide open, wide open holes some plays. And then other plays, it would just be completely shut down. It wasn't like they were kind of like, evenly sized holes and we were getting four to five yards it was just like gashing them or just nothing at all and um yeah i i think some of that but when you have a passing game that wasn't really working i mean stafford was less than 50 percent on his completion rate like they couldn't they were running the ball more efficiently than they were passing the ball um you know freeman was getting five five yards of carry a lot of drops. Sure. Cooper Cup dropped quite a few. Um, you know, Higby. Higby dropped one. Um, oh, I do want to ask the question. Everyone's asked this question, so I'm going to ask you the question. Was Stafford aiming for Tutu or Cooper? Oh, who was he intending for that touchdown? Obviously Cooper Cup. And that obviously. that and that would have been a pass breakup. Yeah, I don't think he would have I don't think he would have caught that. He he uh, he underthrew it, and uh, Tutu didn't give on up on the play. Kind of went up into uh, space, and great play by Tutu. I again, I I'm very impressed. I think he's made a great jump in year three. Um, I guess we'll hit on this real quickly. Like we've been saying this since he was drafted, it has nothing to do with his draft position. It has everything to do with, like, the situation of that year, what the Rams should have did, and, like, him as a player, his value has nothing to do with the context of when the team drafted him. He can't help that. All he can do is produce, and the Rams haven't needed him to produce um, until this year. Well, I guess some last year. And, but he looks like he's prepared. He's gotten bigger, and I think that's paying dividends and all the credit to him. He deserves that touchdown uh, for not giving up on the play, and that's what you get, and we need more of that. I feel like this team is just lacking. They get so close to great plays and, like, fantastic plays. That interception that four people touch. sorry, three, but three people touched Zach. Everyone and their mama got a piece of that ball but didn't catch it on our defense. Just, it, you can say we got unlucky with the fumble. Like, it happened. I, I feel like that happens a lot with the Rams, uh, with fumbles. It's been an unlucky games. year. I mean, it, it really has been an unlucky year for them. Um, the 49ers so. game, like, tip passes that two, like, get intercepted and their tip pass goes into gra- the grass, like. Yep. Yep. All a right. defender should have should have caught uh, that interception, Zach. For us, like one of them should have caught that. They should have. Yeah. Good on Roseboom yeah. for getting deflection. Like credit on him. That was a great play. He's been he's been doing really well. Like I said, this defense 
has been has been way better than I think we all expect them to be. Um, you yeah. know, we did get DK. I guess we didn't even mention that DK was uh, did play. Um, he was fine. Um, he did not. He got he, benched. Yeah, he got benched. And third towards quarter. the end of the game. Yeah, third quarter. Um, so I mean, he he was again not spectacular. I think he was fine. Uh, but again, I think just the the way everything played out, he probably should have just sat for a week and then moved on. But um, we'll see. We'll see how things play out moving forward. Um, okay. He was having uh, a bad game. So, anything else you want to add for this game? Uh, no. Okay. Well, the Rams are on the road for the first time in. Four weeks. The last three weeks, they have been playing at home, which you wouldn't really know. Um, but you know, they are going to Texas um, to face the Cowboys. What is your threat level for the Cowboys? They're a weird uh, team. Uh, I mean, they're like us. Uh, they can't execute the entire game. Uh, Dak Prescott is overrated in a trash quarterback. Uh, let's see. Uh, they're constantly overhyped and underperform. Uh, their defense is great. Like it's a good defense, but it has a lot of vulnerabilities in the secondary. And I feel like Gilmore has had a good year and, um, I think Diggs is out. Yeah. Diggs got hurt before season. So like, it, their secondary is good, but I feel like there's a vulnerability there the Rams can take advantage of. That D-line is solid. I think it's like a borderline top 10 D-line, in my opinion. Uh, they're typically good at stopping the run, uh, but have issues with screens and stuff. So, I mean... But the, the, the one good thing is the Rams seem to be doing fine with stronger defensive lines um you know when you go up against face the 49ers when you go up against and face the eagles when you go up against and face even the steelers they have a good defensive front um you know that's something that the rams have been pretty good at um there have been obviously some miscues and things like that when we have injuries and stuff but uh i think the rams have finally kind of uh found at least what they hope to be their home of their their starting o-line um, still seems like Nopum's going to get a chance once he's fully healthy to get a to get a starting spot back. Um, but I don't know why you would get rid of Dotson or Dotson's pull Dotson off. Him. He's playing. He's the best offensive player. He's been graded the best offensive player for the Rams for that, at least the last two weeks, if not like the last three weeks. I would um, say Avila, at least Itis, has been better in my opinion. Um, but you know, Dotson's been great. So, yeah, I mean, Avila, he's great. He's been a great rookie. This rookie class has just been excellent. Um, and I think they're just going to continue to shine. Um, but I, like I said, you know, between Avila, Dotson have been excellent. Havenstein, Havenstein, uh, Shelton, he's been pretty good. Um, he's had his moments where he hasn't looked the best. Um, and then Alark Jackson, I think probably came off his worst game this past week. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see how things go from there. Uh, but this giants defense, they're just weird. Um, like Cowboys. I kind of, or the giant, the giants, the Cowboys, I was looking at their, their, I was looking at their, uh, 
who they played against. They played against the Giants and dominated the Giants. Uh, they played against That's the Jets, dominated the Jets. Not um, hard. So yeah, the Giants, Giants and Jets. Jets were still trying to figure themselves out. Um, the first two weeks after Aaron, they Rodgers don't have left, a quarterback. So, of, so I mean, well, okay. The Jets have been pulling better than they have the first couple weeks. They they found their identity more than the last couple weeks than they have in the first two weeks. Uh, then they go up against the Cardinals and have a big, just a big stink bomb and let the Cardinals beat them and pretty, I mean, pretty dominantly. I mean, by twelve points, um, destroyed the Patriots again. It's the Patriots. Uh, the 49ers, they got blown out by the 49ers. And then it was a very close game against the Chargers within three points. There's um, nothing in that schedule that intimidates me, Zach. No, I mean, I don't I don't think so either. I mean, you know, when you look at the 49ers score and you're like, well, we were close with the 49ers. And then you look at the Arizona score and, you know, we destroyed the Arizona. Um, it, we did struggle in the first half, but we did you know, kind of break away in the second half. Um, again, every team is beatable. The Rams have a chance to win. They just have to, they have to play better. They have to do something more than what they're doing. And again, broken record, but their offense have to produce. Their defense is doing just enough to win the games. It's their offense that are shooting themselves in the foot. We are facing too good of teams to not have mistakes and i feel like if we had played mistake free football this team could have four or five wins right now should have five wins the problem is they made mistakes and we played literally mostly playoff teams and yeah those teams are going to take advantage of your mistakes and we have lost because of them and that's what it comes down to if you're going to make mistakes against the cowboys you're going to lose that's a team that doesn't lose even when the other team's making mistakes like it's not the cardinals it's not the browns from 2018 like you can't make mistakes and still win the game so like we we have to play mistake free football all three phases have to work together and you know uh, the team has to finally gel and put together four good quarters Uh, and if it does that like like you said, we can beat anyone, but I feel like we'll beat most of these teams on the re- remaining on our schedule. They got to do that, though. So, yep, we got ten. We got ten games left. Um, the Rams need, you know, to at least win six of them. I think to be really in playoff contention. I think this Ram can be in the playoffs. Um, this team, like we mentioned earlier, is a playoff team if they could just gel all together. Um, it's so, going to be important for the wild card. This game will be important for wild card potential uh, because if you beat the Cowboys, that will help us in wild card seeding if we don't win yeah. the division. I mean, really, it's the next two games. I mean, you know, we have the we have the Cowboys this week, and then we have uh, Green Bay the following week. Like these two are must. One of these two are definitely must wins. I really think we need to get both of these wins to kind of keep fighting for it to get us into the bye, get us rested and then, you know, come to perform. Um, the problem with the Rams is like the Cowboys are coming off a bye um, this week. So they're going to be yeah, a little bit two, more refreshed. Two teams um, in a row. Two teams in a row. And I think we have four, we have a total of four more teams um, that are, that we're playing off after their bye. Um, 
So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if we look at the schedule, Zach, uh, for the Rams, just uh, we're gonna have some big uh, playoff potential games: uh, Cowboys, Packers, and Seahawks. All teams looking for a wild card slot. Uh, I feel like if we can go on a three-game win streak, that that puts us in a really good situation. That means we'll have six wins with tiebreakers over the Cowboys and Packers and Seahawks for the uh, playoffs. That That's like this is the important stretch of the season. This will either determine most likely if we make the playoffs or not. And then after that, we play the Cardinals. Again, an important game that should be a – Give me and then um, Browns and Ravens uh, out of conference games that will kind of determine whether or not we can make a play for the division or not. And then the Commanders is a other Commanders and Saints, very important uh, potential for wild card. So we are playing a lot of wild card teams for potential of earning tiebreakers over those teams in both. Uh, the commanders and saints. So this team's going to have opportunities to at least play itself into wild card. And if it does good enough, they could win division, but they have to start getting hot now, Zach. That, yeah. I mean, can't be lukewarm. No, for sure. But I think the defense can handle it. I mean, the defense has been handling a lot of the top wide receivers yeah. in this league. They've been controlling them. Um, not many of them have, uh, have just you know, been able to, AJ Brown, yeah, was the only one who went over 100 yards. Um, so we got C- we got CD Lamb. Um, he's he's the biggest weapon threat uh, on the uh, the Cowboy side. Uh, he just came off a game of seven catches for 117 yards. Um, on the defense, Gilmore he had three tackles and one interception uh, for them. So we need to we got to play mistake free. Stafford has to kind of play mistake free uh, ball. Um, and so so yeah, Prescott. You know, he's, you know, I, I don't really see him as a top 10 quarterback. I mean, maybe he floats right there at the very top of that. Um, but this past week, 21 of 33 pass attempts, 272 yards and one touchdown um, to just barely get the, them to win um, up against. Uh, the he's Chargers. in the Kirk Cousins land of mediocrity. So. Yeah, which, hey, Kirk Cousins, hey, he he did what we needed them to do last night and take down the, the 49ers a peg. So that was excellent for that. Um, so, yeah, the Rams are going to have a tough challenge just because they're going to be a more well-rested team. The Rams are, you know, they're still trying to find themselves. We need Stafford to get maybe a little bit more healthy. Hopefully he can get more time to rest and, um, you know, get back out there to be the Stafford. Because I thought he was actually really good when he was kind of moving around a little bit it's kind of when he stays in that pocket there's been a lot of trouble um so you know even the i know it was a kind of a short pass to cooper cup that tutu caught but i like the scramble because he kind of scrambled to his blind side which he normally doesn't do um so i it was just something that i liked and it it it, it worked well when he was able to scramble just a little bit i don't need him to scramble every play but a little bit of movement is okay with me yeah can't go full lamar um yeah so the cowboys are probably the are the favorite team this week um you know they're four and two for a reason but again they are four and two because they were facing opponents who were who either are not or were not 
great um and then lost obviously to the the arizona cardinals um and then but not surprising that they lost to the 49ers so um so yeah other than that uh we got micah parsons to deal with um he's good so that's he's he, he's he's really good so between Gilmore and Park and uh and Parsons those are the two players that we're gonna have to watch out on the on the the defensive side um, and try to keep him contained as best as possible so um with that any closing thoughts before we wrap this up this went a lot longer than I think we both anticipated it to go rough game a lot of a lot of rants I really hope we can rebound. Uh, I I don't want to go through more pain. No more pain, Zaka. Let's let's start all win November. You know, let's do that. All win November. Let's, let's do the reverse than what we normally are because usually we lose all of November. So, um, anyways, <clears throat> um, not to think about that. Uh, we we'll, we'll be positive. Uh, let's move positive. The Rams they have the chance. They have the talent. They can do it. They, uh, they just need to. They just got to clean things up a little bit. Um, but I think we're going to wrap it up on this week's episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast each and every week. We really appreciate you. Uh, we are very close to hitting our 100 subscribers on YouTube. Um, so once we do that, we'll do a. I'll do a T-shirt giveaway for one lucky. Uh, person who follows us um you can subscribe to us at youtube.com slash at east coast rams please like subscribe smash this bell that youtube has uh to make sure you're always notified uh please leave a comment on this video who do you think the rams are going to win what do you think that the rams biggest flaw is currently please leave those in the comments below um if you're listening to us you can send us your comments at uh, East Coast Ram at feedback at eastcoastrams.com. You can find us on X at East Coast Rams. Um, and you can find me at Zach Mayer. And then you can find Ashton at RamfanAshton1 on X. Uh, again, you can find us on Instagram threads, uh, Mastodon if you so choose. We are on all the socials. Uh, so please give us a like and follow on each one of those platforms. Ashton, it's been fun. We're hoping for a big Rams W this Sunday so that we can get into a more positive, uplifting uh, podcast for our, for those of us, for those who listen. Um, so with that, have a good rest of your week. Make sure that you're treating everyone nice. Uh, SoFi, not so nice this past weekend. Uh, but anyways, stay good to each other, people. Let's get a win on Sunday. And whose house? Rams house.